1999, Melissa Joan Hart was at the height of fame. She was a massive celebrity, had a burgeoning movie career, and starred in a weekly TV sitcom. The only thing she didn't have yet was her own cartoon. We are the Deep Geeks, and welcome to Spooktober 2017! <laughs> Yes, we are the Deep Geeks. I'm Mark. I'm Avery. And this is the show where we look into the wonderful world of Deek and generally then criticise it, tear it to shreds, and then rank it. And on this, for our first Halloween spooktacular episode, we are looking at Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Clearly the most terrifying cartoon we could come up with. Specifically, this one is Sabrina... The animated series. The first one in a long line of many, and by many I mean about three. Well, no, not that long a line. And not even the first. Oh. But the first Deke one. Of. The first in the Deke trilogy. Yes. Although one is a TV movie. Either way. That counts anyway. Yeah. It's one of the three that we have to do. Yes. Um... So, yeah. So um, rest assured, listeners, you're going to get your fix of Sabrina the Teenage Witch on this show. Keep, keep your rest at mind. Oh, God, I've just remembered that we haven't even touched Archie yet. Oh, boy. We should have done that before we did this, huh? Um, no, because there's no crossover. Hey! Despite nice. the fact that this is an Archie comics uh, uh, thing. Could do Archie And Deke do Archie things. Um... This never crosses over with Archie uh, on the base. It simply um, draws mostly from the sitcom. Ah, right, uh, yes. The really fucking good ex-sitcom. It was... <laughs> that I used to watch a lot as a kid. It was a very silly, very surreal sitcom. So well written, honestly. Um, I suppose I should probably have formally asked, what do you remember of Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Okay, but we're getting straight into it. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, uh, yeah, I used to watch it a bunch as a kid. It used to be shown on uh, CITV yes. during my time. It's uh, part of, like, kind of Saturday morning blocks and such like that. Um, yeah, I just used to watch the sitcom, and then after a certain point, they started showing this very animated series as well. So I remember both things uh, quite well. In fact, I remember liking and enjoying both of them. And also, I believe I had some of the uh, novels that were based off of the sitcom as well, which are also really oh good. Oh dear, oh dear. Okay. They were really good. What are you saying, oh dear? They That's were, uh, fair enough. They were fair really enough. enjoyable. TV, it's just uh, TV novels from the early... There 90s. were about 60 of them. Yeah. I'm, they were popular. Fair For enough. good reason. They were well written. I remember the Buffy ones. Oh dear. <laughs> 
They were now that's worth the that is worth the oh dear. <laughs> and then of course the Star Trek ones are hugely popular. Still are. We don't we don't talk about Star Trek on this podcast, Marcus. Ah, uh, Star Trek. No, wrong. Actually, we did talk about Star Trek because Diane Duane uh, wrote <laughs> Star Trek novels and also episodes of Dinosaurs. I hope for our sake Diane Duane listens to our show. Uh, she doesn't. she follows you. She follows me on Twitter. You should get her to listen to the Dinosaurs episode. Um, no. To be honest, <laughs> I think I think she's had enough of Dinosaurs. I haven't even broached her about <laughs> the fact that they're bringing back Dinosaurs as a comic. Mm. That's sort of dick news. But we digress. Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Hey, did you know Dinosaurs is getting a new comic? Yeah. It looks okay, I guess. Yes. It'll probably work out better as a comic. It's being written by the original creator, which is nice. Yes. That's always a nice little fact. But, um... Yeah, Sabrina yeah. the Teenage Witch. Um, I remember that ITV bought Sabrina the Teenage Witch to show in the 6 o'clock, I believe, dinner slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they put it up against, I can't remember if it was The Simpsons or Buffy or both. Either way, it was not adequate to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, it was an enjoyable little thing, but it was also very lightweight um, and not punch the same way as The Simpsons or Buffy. Um, regardless, it was a fun, weird little sitcom thing. And it was hugely enjoyable. It had um, really good writing for something that was so outright weird and silly and childish. And I remember it being extremely popular regardless, although not as popular over here as it was in the States, apparently. I also remember the animated series, and I remember not liking it much. But I'm a bit of purist when it comes to TV versions, uh, TV animated versions of existing series. I mean, I... I bit of a stickler, eh? Yeah, I ha- have the same reaction to the... Um, the. Do you remember the cartoon of the Adams Family? Vaguely, vaguely. I did not like the designs of that. Which is silly because they are, of course, based on the actual original comics that I wasn't aware of at the time, but... Mm. Uh, no. I don't remember much about the Adams Family. I just remember it was really silly. Well, it was all a rip-off of the Munsters. <laughs> yeah. I remember... Um, well, a superior rip-off, but a rip-off nonetheless. Monsters was great. <laughs> Yes, but the Adams family had a bit more nuance to it. <laughs> it had a catchy theme tune. That also. I remember there being a um, one of those shock test type arcade machines based off the Adams family. Oh yeah. I remember seeing that on the beachfront once. <laughs> um, and it played the theme tune. And yeah, stuff. it's weird how there's this kind of history of domestic spooky things in TV. Because you've got the Adams Family and the Monsters. And then, of course, you've got um, Bewitched. Which is a fucking great show. And well, I, love, I love the original Bewitched. Don't, the I genuinely like the same that time? show. I Dream of Genie sort of fits in this same thing. Yeah, yeah. Although that's, uh, the, ah, there was always something very um, disturbing about the concept of I Dream of Genie. My mother is a car. 
My mother, the car doesn't quite fit into the... Uh, <laughs> it's certainly spooky. <laughs> ...in the genre. But, yep, that definitely was a... a um, a urban fantasy sitcom and then of course the Sabrina the Teenage Witch which we are supposed to be talking about but keep digressing possibly because there's a lot of open branches to be talking about this yeah. sort of stuff. there's a lot I of mean, interesting openings I mean I should have possibly mentioned um, I remember just as much uh, Clarissa Joan Hart in Clarissa Joan Hart Clarissa Joan Hart in <laughs> Melissa Explains <laughs> Melissa It All Melissa Joan Hart in Clarissa Explains It All <laughs> which was a another weird uh, sitcom. I think that one was specifically a kids sitcom. Yes, that one was specifically for kids. It was shown on Nickelodeon. I re- That's pretty much the extent of my knowledge on Clarissa Explains It All. Yeah, um, that one was a weird one. That one. I've was... heard a lot of good things from people, but yes. again, it's most likely nostalgia. But yeah, at the same well... time, I don't deny that an old Nickelodeon show was like going to be like. Weird anything well. other than good. Yeah, uh, they all Nickelodeon shows of that era tend to be pretty good in some way. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, it might not have aged as well nowadays, but it's probably still pretty decent. It was this weird sitcom about a like, a sassy girl who explains it all, uh, and it's, it's kind it's of a diary, kind format. of like a, a proto Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. But God, Lizzie McGuire was weird as well. Mostly what I remember about it was uh, her boyfriend, who always enters through the, her bedroom window. Fuck, no, so I just realised, all of these sitcoms are basically just the Western equivalent of Slice of Life anime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never realised that. Yeah, Slice of Life anime is just... These weird kids sitcoms. sitcoms. Yeah. Do you remember My Parents Are Aliens? That was pretty good. There's <laughs> <laughs> not, not even any relation. I was just like, remember this sitcom? That it's was the same good. damn genre. Yeah. This genre is huge. When did this genre get huge? Bizarre slice of life based sitcoms, yeah. Regardless, Sabrina the Animated Series. <laughs> In 1969, Filmation head Lou Scheimer was looking to make a cartoon based on Bewitched, a TV sitcom about a domestic housewife witch. It was quickly pointed out to him that not only did Archie Comics, who Filmation were already producing cartoons of, have their own similar domestic witch comedy character in the form of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but that she predated the creation of Bewitched. Sabrina suddenly became a major part of the Filmation Archie lineup before spinning off with her own show titled Sabrina and the Groovy Ghoulies. Created by George Gladier and designed by Dan DiCarlo, Sabrina was a half-witch teenager who lived with her aunts Hilda and Zelda and their cat Salem, all of whom were witches. However, after the success of the TV appearances, she was given her own spin-off comic book series which ran uninterrupted between 1971 and 1983. The franchise didn't become truly mainstream until 1996, when ABC started showing Sabrina the Teenage Witch, a sitcom based on the comics starring Melissa Joan Hart during its extremely popular TGIF Thank God It's Friday lineup. The first episode was watched by over 17 million viewers and became an overnight success that was to last for seven seasons and three TV movies. Naturally, ABC sought to further capitalise on the show's popularity, and so with the aid of Deke Productions and Savage Studios Limited, they came up with Sabrina the Animated Series. Sabrina the Animated Series ran for one season, 
but was not renewed by ABC, possibly due to Deke's departure from the Disney umbrella, but also more likely due to the fact that ABC dropped the main Sabrina the Teenage Witch series in 2000. Deke's cartoon was successful enough, however, that it was followed up with a made-for-TV animated movie titled Sabrina Friends Forever, and a sequel series titled Sabrina's Secret Life. So, right, yes, now that we're completely back on topic... <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. Um, we just watched... Uh, I can't even remember Four how episodes. Many, four episodes, was the it? The first four episodes of the show. We believe. I mean, we didn't actually check. The, uh, we I just checked, did it. and it was, it was indeed the first one. Oh, well done to the person who set up the playlist. Yes. I was expecting much worse. Uh, same, to be honest. I mean, like, as, as I said before, it's like it's always the thing with... The cartoons that I remember being pretty good and enjoyable as a kid, never really kind of crossing over into being as good when you watch it later on, growing up. Yes. But in this case, I think we were so we were definitely pleasantly surprised in how enjoyable and just kind of fun it was. Yeah, I mean, it was a very are... bizarre show. It definitely captured the surrealness of the sitcom in yes. cartoon form for sure. I mean, Even though it was kind of this weird alternate timeline version of Sabrina where she's younger and she yes. already knows she's a witch. Yeah, basically the the problem here is that uh, it was advertised as being a prequel to the live-action TV series, which doesn't work because the live-action TV series literally starts with her finding out that she's a witch. So it only really works as part of the Archie uh continuity except it also doesn't quite fit there but who cares it's archie <laughs> yeah the archie continuity is kind of all over the place huh uh, yeah they they uh that, they, they, those kids have been teenagers for what 50 60 oh well no cause i don't think ages really count as part of continuity because that otherwise you can just kind of bring up complaints about literally every single thing ever well that's true but at this point they've had more adventures than there are days in every year of their year at school <laughs> maybe they're in a weird uh, time zone yeah Trapped yeah in a bubble or something well they were <laughs> i mean they they they've been sort of erased and begun again over the last couple of years. That's true. I hear good things. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's like the... I mean, Archie handled the Sonic comics for a long-ass time, and it was pretty much handled the same way that they handled the regular Archie stuff, really. It's just this big old plot that leads up to a big event, universe gets reset, new comic series. Ah, continuing on. So, basically, it's the usual Sabrina the Teenage Witch plot. Sabrina is a half-witch uh, who lives with her full-witch aunt and their cat Salem, who is a warlock who was turned into a cat for attempting world domination. Yep. Perfectly normal so far. Um, however, they also live with a mortal uncle called Quigley. Yep. Uh, who I'm not entirely sure why he's in this. He's just there. He's the yeah. weird uncle. Well, that's he's, true. He's there to provide a mild sprinkling of reason uh, within the uh, havoc of the witch's triple. <laughs> it would make more sense if it was in a different language, but I I don't know them. Fair enough. Um, the Badum Tish. She hangs around with her best friend stroke boyfriend Harvey 
on-off boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're... They're not really dating in the animated show, though. Well, no, it's not really established, and yet... It's kind of they teased in a, couple, yeah, in a way. Yeah, sort of. I, I mean, mean, they go to a dance together. Yeah, Sabrina asks Harvey out on the dance. Go on. They're dating in the way that kids do. Yeah. Where it's... Where they say they're dating, and then it turns out they're not dating, and then they're dating again, and then they're not dating. Yeah. Because they don't really have any kind of concept of what dating is. Except and then that's there's that's also so, um, Sabrina's rival... Gemini Gem- Stone. Gemini Stone, which is the most comics name. Yeah, it's it's such a good name. Uh, she occasionally throws a wrench into the plans. But mostly she's just there for flavour. Um, so, on a weekly basis, or rather an episodic basis, I think it was weekly? I don't know. Might have been daily, there are... A ridiculous number of episodes. Probably weak. Something like 45 in the first season. I don't know. Uh, either way, um, on the episodic basis, uh, Sabrina generally tries to use magic for something that really shouldn't be done magically, only to find that this kicks her in the arse and backfires and has she has to sort it, and she learns the lesson that... Maybe she shouldn't be using magic in this way. So, basically the same kind of plot lines as the sitcom, for the most part. And the comics. Yeah. That's... It's it's the general gist of Sabrina. I mean, it's a good formula. Yeah. It's nice, simple, it allows for wacky hijinks, and explains away the need to do anything. Pretty much. I mean, you, you can't have Deus Ex Machina in a show where... Everyone is basically a walking god. <laughs> That's true. And it kind of works. Uh, everything holds together from a narrative point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the most part. Jokes, for the most part, seem to be landing. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. Um, there's, I, I mean, they're either landing or they're grown-worthy dad jokes, and grown-worthy jo- jokes are great jokes for kids' I mean, cartoons. where's Wally proved that, to be quite honest? <laughs> well, that's indeed. It's um, surprisingly watchable, despite being... Yeah, as far as the cartoons go, this one's pretty I, damn competent. It's, it's, it's fucking weird, but it's, it's damn competent. Weird. I mean, visually, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, the, the visual-wise, we have this kind of... It's pretty much what set in stone what Deke's animation style was going to be for the next years for, like, until pretty much the started doing 3D stuff and then their demise, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, pretty much it's the same art style, in a sense, as Super Duper Sumo's. It's a bit less jagged and... Um, bit more softer on the edges. Well, this obviously but, had money behind this. This yeah. was made for network television. It's this kind of weird, simplistic art style, but then it's been paired up with this really fluid animation that looks a bit bizarre, but it does make... It, it's it's notable enough, but in a yes. good way. It's, it's, it's this kind of like, huh, that's weird, but also kind of cool. Yes, you've I got, like this it's, animation. It's a very... <laughs> clean look yeah. to it. Yeah. And um I mean if it was made a few years later I'd say it was Flash. 
A little bit, yeah. A little bit. It's, it's a but bit movement, too... F- the movement is far mm. too smooth and complex for Flash. I don't know. You can get pretty damn smooth animations Sorry, in Flash. Sorry, Flash in 2000. Okay, there we go. That's more like it. <laughs> Macromedia Flash. <laughs> Macromedia. That's more like it. There we go. The year of animutations. I mean, modern Flash is... Um, modern Flash is wonderful tool that uh, all cheap artists <laughs> make <laughs> cartoons on. <laughs> Uh, whereas those with a bit more backing make it with Go Animate. I don't know what the other tools are. What's going on? Sorry, I'm just I'm singing to fucking Shaka Goju 2003. Okay. Because I reminded myself of any mutation. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> and so I was just reciting the chorus to. Yoko Goji Ritchie 2003, because I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> and I'm from that generation of internet users. I'm, fair enough. Um, I'm, I am I guess my biggest problem with it is the voice acting. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, we have Salem reprising his role from the sitcom. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, let's, um, get, let's get the list out, shall yeah. we? Let's get the list out, considering we're going into voice acting. I things. actually put it on my phone Ooh, for once, and blimey. therefore there is no rustling noises. Lovely. Yes, um, this is Nick Bakai. Nick That's Bakai. His name. Uh, he's a um, comedian and actor of some note. Mm-hmm. Uh, he reprises his voice from the main series. And is quite frankly the best and most competent thing about uh, <laughs> yeah. the entire thing. Well, I mean, his voice is just Salem. It it yeah. fits the character so well, and it fits the writing for the character so well. He's got that just precise, perfect amount of snark can, to his voice. You can that tell is an overkill. You can tell he loves the character. Oh yes, he gets Nip into it very loves much. Being Salem. Um, He's uh, da, da, da. the other stuff he's done. Um, he was half of the Angry Beavers. Hey, nice. Which one? <laughs> Name an Angry Beaver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the beige one and the brown one. Dag. Dag was one. Dag. Dag was the beige one. That wasn't his name. That wasn't his actual name, it was, it, but it was shortened to Dag. No, the Dag was the brown one. Fuck. It was Norbert. That's the fucker. That's the beige <laughs> one. Norbert. Um. He also, uh, and this is where it gets interesting. He appeared and wrote for. Oh God, that is actually him, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Fuck. Sorry, I'm just remembering his voice. It's like, how did I not put those two together? The two shows were on at the same time during my time. How did I not put that together? It is just his voice. Um, It's just his normal voice. He appeared on and wrote for um, the Kevin James vehicle, The King of Queens. Right. Which kind of led him to writing the Paul Blart movies. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, the voice of Salem is responsible for co-writing the Paul Blart movies with Kevin James. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'll give it to him. Paul Blart 2 wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was actually pretty funny, occasionally. It's... It wasn't... It wasn't... Like, the, the first one was pretty meh. The second one kind of becomes a bit more self-aware and is a lot more 
better because of it. I'm yeah, sorry. That's... Look, my, my claim to shame is that I genuinely kind of like Paul Blart too. I think it's a decent movie. I'm sorry. There's some genuinely pretty funny jokes in there. There are worse movies, let's face it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> Wonder Woman 2017. It's not Adam Sandler comedy bad. Oh, God. Yeah, no, it's no Jack and Jill. Yeah. Whew. Sabrina herself is played by um, Melissa Joan Hart's younger sister, apparently, uh, Emily Hart. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hasn't done anything of note. Yeah, um, she's she's had a handful of roles here and there, but she's not really... Some minor roles, mostly as a child actress. Yeah, but, uh, not really kind of gone into anything uh, professional-wise. Just kind of did a few things um, since fucked off. Melissa Joan Hart returns... As, uh, in this case, uh, Aunt Hilda and Zelda. Bizarrely. And it doesn't work. No. Part of the reason is that Hilda and Zelda were two separate people. Yeah. And they were able to do a good bit of banter, sibling rivalry, kind of between them. But because it's just the same person, it doesn't work. And also, Melissa Joan Hart just kind of can't voice act. Yes. This is... A big problem with the show. Um, you, sh- as much as they wanted to get it to be kind of a link, they could say Melissa Joan Hart is also in the animated series. It was a bad move. Yeah, it, um, it would have worked just so much better if they had, like, well, maybe the original actors for Hilda and Zelda come in. Possibly, but then some actors can't voice act. They. They probably That's should true. have just got voice actors. Maybe. Anyone from Canada kind of want to come down? I mean, when you're being upstaged by your younger sister, who, as child actors go, is not a bad voice yeah, actor. she's pretty decent for child actor. Uh, in my mind, the best ones still go to um, Chowder from Chowder and Flapjack from The Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack, the 2010s Cartoon Network shows which are both fantastic, and if you haven't seen those yet, please seriously get on them, and especially if you like your stuff dark, you will fucking adore Flapjack. It is beautifully dark. It is so well written. It's much less a kid's show and much more for the older audiences. Fair enough, fair enough. It's... Oh, it's so good. I should show you it one day. I mean, the the only... I, I went through the list, and there's a usual mix of professional voice actors none of them really with anything interesting other than david sobel david sobelov who plays the spooky jar have we explained the spooky jar explain the spooky jar the spooky jar is just a haunted cookie jar that sits on the top of i think it's on the top of the fridge it just hangs around the kitchen yeah it's just, it's just kind of there in basically the it's offers spells which the it basically hands out the backfiring spells that Sabrina uses. Yeah, and the spooky dog does warn Sabrina that it's probably a bad idea to use it. We, but well, gives it to her anyway and then complains that she never listens. Yeah, I mean she it is fair. The spooky Humorous, jar. Puts, thy name is Spooky Jar. The, the spooky <laughs> jar likes to put the full pomp and ceremony into the the uh uh, cursed item spell thing going on. I believe it was a uh, a plot point kind of character in the original uh, sitcom as well. Right. However, it just kind of lit up as it spoke. Right. Well, in um, 
basically. She doesn't even bother. It's possibly one of the best running jokes is the fact that she just walks past and takes one of the spooky cookies and doesn't do anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> Much to the annoyance of the, the spooky jar. Regardless, the spooky jar is voiced by David Sobolov, as I was saying, uh, who was recently Gorilla Grodd in the live-action Flash series. Mm-hmm. The man makes a living on spooky voices. Yeah. Bless him. He also voiced Asmodan in Diablo 3. Mm-hmm. Fuck Asmodan. <laughs> Fuck that dude. We haven't played Diablo 3 in a while. We should play more Diablo 3. Yeah. Get that expansion finished. Yeah. Uh, and whilst we didn't see them, guest stars including Mr. T and Weird, Weird uh, Mr. T as an alien and Weird Al Yankovic as Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, I don't know why or where he's in there, but yeah, you just throw Weird Al in there, spice it up a bit. Why not? Well, I I blame I blame Cat Lickel. or possibly Lickel. I'm not sure. That's quite an interesting name. Basically, Cat Lickel. Uh, who co-wrote and produced this uh, alongside Savage Steve Holland. And yes, that is officially his name uh, within the Writers Guild of America or whatever it is, he guild he's in. Bless him. Thank you, um, Mr. Savage. Cat uh wrote, um, more f- notable these days, for writing and producing um, for My Name is Earl, oh. Better Off Ted... And Gallivant, which is a musical fantasy series, which had, towards the end of its first series, appearances by Weird Al Yankovic. Ah. Right. I'm starting to connect to the dots. I think she might be the Weird Al head in this uh, writing partnership. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, But the the actual thing, uh, the main brains behind it, um, behind this treatment of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, was, of course, Savage Steve Holland, who is the writer and director of the cult teen movie Better Off Dead. Hmm. Um, Which is kind of a weird semi-autobiographical... Thing about uh, when the time that his girlfriend left him left him for the team for the uh, for the uh, captain of some sports team or other. Right, right. Uh, but is also known as the creator of Eek the Cat. Hmm. So, I mean, there is talent behind this, and that's talent and money and that's probably why this is better than the vast majority <laughs> of teak stuff uh, I, I mean it's also worth noting that this is disney era dick this is disney era dick so disney's pumping money into it well abc is disney technically well yeah Te- technically disney is pumping money into this I, at this so... point deke are basically abc's um animated division mhm so they have their sources of cash for once. Um, yeah, the result is not unpalatable. No, it's it's definitely an enjoyable little fun romp, let's say. I mean, it's not something of much substance. Yeah, it's not as good as the sitcom, in my opinion. But oh, it's, no, no, still, no. it's still very fun and nice to watch. It's, it's a good lazy show. Lots of weird jokes in it. Keeps the kind of general theming of the uh, of the actual thing itself, the uh, franchise, as it were. Yeah, 
Uh, shall we talk about the one extremely bizarre episode that we saw? The uh, uh, you mean the, the fourth one? The, the the cat one. Yes, the tale of two kitties. It's called. Yeah. Charles Dickens, eat your ass out. I, I can't help but feel they started out. with the title with that one and worked backwards. Probably. <laughs> Either that or there was a writer at the end of it going, hold on, what do we call this? Oh, fuck yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. Drinks on me. <laughs> I mean, it also just makes me think of Garfield 2 because Garfield 2 yeah, was subtitled the same, the same thing. Same yeah, bloody joke. But yeah. And it was just called that, Garfield 2. That is an interesting episode. Um, Garfield 2 was pretty good. <laughs> you like every movie. I except don't. Except for Wonder Woman. <laughs> I don't. I heavily dislike Thor. Oh, that's and true. Thor 2. Looking forward to Thor 3, though. Thor 3 looks actually pretty <laughs> cool. fun. It seems like they've hired an actual writer for Thor 3, which is an interesting move. It's very bold of Marvel to do that. It's definitely needed to a, completely uh, break and disrupt the chain of consistently shit movies of Thor. But, I mean, you know. But, yes. Um... So yeah, The Tale of Two Kitties is a weird episode in which Salem falls back in love with one of his former girlfriends. Uh, long story short, she's... Well, she's not really evil, she's just a dick. Yeah, she's just trying to... Manipulate him manipulate into falling in Salem love with fall in love. her so that she can... Marry Salem so that she can turn back into a human again and then break Salem's heart, I guess. Yeah, so really... The... It's this weird convoluted plot that somehow stretches into an episode that goes on for half an hour. Yeah, and it, the plot goes... And the thing places. is, it's, it's engaging. Yeah. This isn't a... The, like, when we say it's convoluted and it's somehow stretched into 20 minutes, we don't mean that in the bad way. We mean that in a good way this I time. I say it's stretched in the term that it takes so many weird twists yeah just every few minutes it's the stakes are completely different ending with the stakes of Salem, either Salem's heart gets broken or Salem's heart will get broken it's a really low stakes episode guys <laughs> yeah but it's acted as if this is some massive important thing that this has is only the fourth, ep- fourth episode as well and it weirdly ends with Sabrina disguising herself as a French cat. And putting on a... And trying to seduce... Successfully seducing... Successfully seducing... May I add? The girlfriend with... Weird French charm and the worst possible accent. You need extreme quotes around French there. Well, to the point that it's actually lampshaded how bad the accent is. Yeah, exactly. Salem Street just says that was the worst French accent I've heard in my life. I just It's it's just this It's a Sabrina episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an episode of Sabrina. It's just strange. They, they got the feel of it. They, yeah, they, they, they really did. They knew what they were doing with this. That's I'm, for sure. I'm not 100%, And they had the money to go in yeah, with it as well. I'm not hundred percent sure I like the kind of weird uh, anthropomorphic nature of the cats, but yeah, that's definitely a new thing aided by the animated thing. Because yeah. in the sitcom it was primarily animatronics that was uh Yes. Salem was doing uh, controlled animatronics by three and separate people. Cats. Yeah. Well, that was for when it didn't need to be moving. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah. I I can't 
I would have preferred that it be like um, Sailor Moon with the realistic kind of cat movement character, but it uh, it's an American cartoon. What do you expect? Yeah, it's the um, Charles Schultz effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like Garfield was originally a uh, a cat form rather than an anthropomorphic cat. Yeah, and then he just slowly grew. Nope. A more by not slow. Form. Not even slow. Uh, it happened suddenly when Charles Schultz said, you know, people would like this more if it was anthropomorphic. People associate themselves more with that. And Jim Davis tried it, and Charles Schultz really, really uh, regretted it because Charles Schultz thinks Jim Davis... Sorry, Charles Schultz is dead. Charles Schultz thought Jim Davis was a total hack. And, <laughs> and to some extent he's right, but... <laughs> But I, mean, I feel like that's well, more for a th- um, yeah. That's more for lasagna cat to delve into. Well, that <laughs> and uh, to be honest, I think you are you have more right to call a cartoonist a hack when you're the creator of Peanuts than when you're just some dork on a podcast. Probably, probably. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would probably. S- like I, I do have the chops to say that I'm probably a bigger Garfield fan than you are. Well, that's true. <laughs> so, I had a lot of books as a kid. Uh, a couple of plushies. I think I had more peanuts had than... A couple of the videos as well. Garfield and his lion lives fucked me the hell up because that thing went dark really fucking quickly. Good God, Garfield and his nine lives were dark. What the fuck were you thinking with that, even? Like, why? Ah, yes, the Jesus. usual divergence into cats. Uh, before we get round to the listing, what would you do with a 2017 reboot of this cartoon? Oh, we're making this a, a regular... I really feature. like this question. Do you? I do. The thing is, is I don't have those answers that you need, Marcus. <laughs> I don't have the answer. I'm not that creative. I, I get creative for specific things, but That's... not for a well-ordered thing that I would actually watch. I am not a writer. It's basically... the question. I'm basically... just some twat which is the middle of imagination. <laughs> and given the right tools, i.e. click and play, I can create some absurdist bullshit in under half an hour and then puke it out online. That's the extent of my writing abilities, Marcus. I don't have the answers. Yeah, fair enough. And also, you'd need some sort of 20 I need more prompt than just, what would you do with this? Yeah, you'd also need some sort of 2017 Sabrina the Teenage Witch series to base it upon, and oh my god, what? You're not a Bojack Horseman character, stop it. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking... But yeah, whatever the rabbit's name is. But yeah, they're 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 making a new Sabrina the Teenage Witch series, and it's grim dark because it's set in the Riverdale universe. Mm. I'm That's, not looking forward to it. I am very much looking forward to it. I, I don't. I don't. It doesn't fit the tone. It's going to be a very different series. <laughs> it doesn't fit the tone. How are we ranking this one? I uh, I I'm already pointing this up at number five. Um, that's of no use because that contains no context clues. Exactly. Deal with it, fucker. <laughs> okay, where have you got this? Um, I've got... Uh, basically, number four is Ulysses. 
And number five, normally, is Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. You thought this was I think it's more enjoyable and more... Yes, it's more engaging and it's more fun than Sherlock Holmes. Now, don't get me wrong, Sherlock Holmes is a lot of fun, but I found myself getting pretty bored quickly. Well, that's true. It's very dry. Whereas Sabrina is a lot more colourful and it's easier to take notice of this. (laughs) And more of the jokes land. That too. And there isn't a creepy robot that has the face of John Watson. Let's face that that's only creepy because it has the face of John yeah, Watson. If it didn't have the face of John Watson, it'd be cute. And it is cute without the face of John that's Watson. That's fair. That robot did not need the face of John it's Watson. It's really cute and adorable otherwise. Yeah, I think you might be right there. So yeah, going in at fifth, Sabrina the Animated Series. And that's our episode. You can find us at our home online at MostlyCobolds.com. That's MostlyCobolds.com. We're also on Twitter at at MostlyCobolds. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and, and now Google Play. And I keep looking at, I keep looking at the abyss that is the Stitcher terms and conditions, and the abyss keeps staring back. Not gonna be on Stitcher, fuck off! And that's the end of the show. Goodbye, spooky dinkies. <laughs> on our next episode, we firmly establish who you are going to call.